You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you along as the NFL season rolls on into December and the Colts remain very firmly in the playoff picture with, to be frank, a lot of things going their way right now. And we'll kind of get to that, whether it's in-house uh, or out-of-house with the other teams that are competing for those same wild card spots that the horseshoes are. But uh, plenty to get to this week in terms of the Colts controlling their playoff destiny and playing another team that is in that playoff picture later this weekend, uh, visiting the Cincinnati Bengals at 1 o'clock, broadcast locally here in central Indiana on CBS 4. But we begin with the big news of the big... Ma- Chap, you have something to add Question before we really kick you're, off? You're yes. smarter than I am. Well, yes, obviously. Can you control your destiny, or is your destiny what you're going to be? Mm. Or can mm. you... Uh, what, what's, We're going to start with philosophy here yeah, on the I, Colts Blue Zone podcast. If it's your destiny, it's going to happen. Right. Very so true. you don't control. I'm, I've always wow. wondered about that. Oh, Control wow. your destiny. Okay. So that's... Okay, that's... Yeah, the Colts... Uh, I don't know. That's... Wow, that's deep. I'm going to go sit in the corner for about three <laughs> hours know. and ponder that one. Right? So where were you going? Go ahead. I'm I sorry. did take an ethics and moral value theory in college. It was a really good... good. Uh, that was a popular course at Syracuse, actually. There was a p- professor who taught... Who was who was one of the most popular professors at the university? He was a black French Jew named Lawrence Thomas, and he was a wonderful man who uh, who uh, always called everybody by their last name, Mister, Mrs., whoever. Oh, and, it just uh, wasn't like Griffiths. It was like no, Mister Griffiths. Yes, oh, okay, okay. yes, yes. What do you have to say on this, Mister Griffiths? So, yes. Uh, anyway, um, it, we, you, you've already got us down our, our That's first one rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. Yeah, exactly, and and we'll, many more coming. Uh, but we but we do begin this week with the return of Grover Stewart. As we've talked about the past couple of weeks, the Colts' rush defense has been uh, atrocious. Atrocious is the word that Mike Chappell used on the Blue Zone pregame show broadcast here in Central Indiana at 11:30 a.m. on CBS4 as you get set for NFL game days. Uh, but but no doubt that the Colts' rush defense could use a boost, Chap, with how they have played in Grover Stewart's absence. He is back. It had declined a little bit his last couple of games with him, but they but early on that we were. Matt and I were talking. They were like top four or five early. But they've given up, as Matt and we've talked about here, 153 yards a game in his absence and four point, what is it, 4.7. Mm-hmm. And it was 113 and 3.7 or whatever it was. And that, that's not sustainable. It just isn't. And what's crazy is they were four and two in those games. Right? You know, that, that's everything that they, so much of what they've done this year is so against. The norms. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. It they, doesn't. They, they are where they are. Uh, which probably speaks very, very highly of Shane Steichen and his coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with Grover, it's he. He just matters. He just does. You, what you hope is that when a player goes down for a game or two, that there's not a huge drop off to number two. And this one, it is. It is. You know, I think they were fortunate when Anthony Richardson went down that they had Minshew. And I'm not putting Minshew on the same level at all, at all, a, a, as Richardson. But the drop-off to to Tevin Bryan and Eric Johnson and all these guys, it's just it, – it's not it's not meaning to be critical of them. But Grover means that much. They were asking a lot more from Grover uh, from uh, DeForest Buckner. And uh, it, it's really amazing to me that they're 7-5 and, and, and they've managed 
without Grover Stewart this long. Well, what they've been able to do, though, in Grover Stewart's absence is really work up the pass rush Correct. in the past couple mm-hmm. weeks. And, and, and Matt, if you're going to bring back Grover Stewart and, and shore up the rush defense, you've got to make sure that the pass, de- pass rush doesn't take a step back, too. Absolutely, yeah. No, they've, they've gotten some great plays from, from Dayo Odangbo. And my goodness, you know, we, we talked about Quiddy Pay and Samson Ebukam. They, they start off real strong. And then it kind of got into this lull midseason. But the last few games, those guys have been terrific. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. They've got to keep that going. What is it, 21 in the last four games? I believe so, yeah. Wouldn't quite you, a few. Wouldn't you rather, if either or, wouldn't you rather have a pass rush? 100%. Than a leaky run defense? 100%. Like, if, 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 it, if this does something bad to your pass rush, then you have to seriously consider dialing back Grover Stewart. And, and I, I know we're going, we're, we're playing the what-if game big time, but... But I think that's that's another thing to your point, Chad, that you said in these six games they've been without Grover, they're four and two. They're they're winning twice as often as they lose right now in the NFL. That's a recipe for success. That's an eleven and six season. You know that that's the playoffs. So, but 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 the plus is adding Grover. The the people that he will replace snap wise aren't necessarily the guys right. that are getting the pass rush. You're right. I, I think that, that in relief still, and on third down, you can still bring Grover out if you want, if you like what you have right now on third down, if you really like Adi Tamawa Adibare coming in, playing on the inside on third down, if you think that he's added something significant to your pass rush, that you found him and he's developed well in his rookie year, then sure, keep doing it. But, but that's something, again, that Gus Bradley has to have first and foremost on his mind, that the pass rush cannot take a hit because you have found something there in Grover Stewart's absence. You hope the return of Grover can benefit the rush defense, but does not hurt the pass rush. Because defense. the pass rush is, is, is assist, more important. It is, is more is important. assisting the secondary, mm-hmm. which still has issues. Right. And it has had issues for quite, quite a while. And we're going to have to pay attention to the practice report here on Thursday as we tape the podcast. And we'll look at Twitter probably to see from our friends out there who exactly is practicing. But once again, on a Wednesday and a light Wednesday at that this week, Juju Brent's not out there on the field. And, and you roll your eyes. You're like, what the heck is going on? This is, the, I think, the fifth week now that Juju has been out. He will miss five weeks if he doesn't he, play this week. Exactly. And he did not go on injured reserve. So, like, like, I think that, that – I don't know if this is a big deal or a little deal. You ask the Colts, and they might – during the season, Shane Steichen isn't going to tell tell me or us anything about this, but do, do they have to reconsider how they evaluate injuries? Because, I like, you might think this is not a big deal – but it, it might be a smaller issue, but every small issue to me in the NFL needs to be a big deal because you need to take advantage of every system that's given to you in order to be an elite team. And this year, the Colts have proven they have not been able to evaluate injuries well for whatever reason, whether it's been Juju, whether it's been Braden Smith, guys that should have gone on injury reserve that did not go on injury reserve. That would have opened up a spot on the roster. And again, you can say it's a bottom spot on the roster, but there's 53 spots on that roster for a reason. You get 46 or 47, whatever it is is active on a game day for a reason because the NFL is tough. You want everyone out there. You want guys to take hits. You want guys to deliver hits. And every single spot matters. And if you're going to have a spot eaten up and you have to bring someone in, like you could say, oh, well, we just elevated him from the practice squad anyway. But I still think it, it is at least a deal. Maybe it's something that Chris Bauer would be more honest with in the postseason when we're talking to him about, do you really think you need to reevaluate how you evaluate injuries or is this not a big deal but but to me it's just it's it's at least frustrating it's a deal. It, yes it's at least weird that that multiple times this has happened this year chap but they but they had benefited from where they didn't desperately need the spot because of the way you can maneuver with the practice squad but you're right it it, it it's, it's an issue 
I really believe if if and when we talk to Chris, it'll be well. We thought Braden was going to miss two or three games. Well, then it was four. Then well, it should have been IR. And then when you get like now with, with Juju, IR almost isn't an option because that means the rest of the season. So it, it does put you in a bad way. And I, I it's obvious to me that they that they miscalculated how long a guy was going to be out, but. I still think you're you're right. You 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 want your full arsenal of players, but in this this is one of to me one of the rare times when they weren't desperate to have a player. They make very good use of of elevating guys, and these guys are practicing. The guys on the practice they're practicing. So I I I think it's just where they haven't really needed it, so it hasn't hurt them. But no question they miscalculated. And with Juju, he had been playing relatively well. And he had been coming on, playing solid ball. And he he was de facto their number one cornerback there. And uh, kind of would be on the outside, outside at least. Kenny Moore in the middle, of course. But, um, but it, it goes back to what we were saying a little bit ago with the pass rush lately. It's been probably masking some of the deficiencies we saw early in the year with the corners. Guys like uh, Daryl Baker Jr. or uh, whoever else is out there would be um, – uh, or Jalen Jones, 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 yeah, who's, who's yeah. probably their top cornerback yeah, on the he's outside played, right now. He's very, very, very well. A, well. And he had a tough game last week mm -hmm. against, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, who can still play. Like he's had two tough games. And to be fair, right. he was playing DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans, for crying right. out loud. There's a lot of quarterbacks that would have tough games against those two. But, like, he's, he's thrown into the fire as a rookie. And um, he, he's not... Like he he hasn't been what's killed them, which which you, that's that's what you want. You don't you don't want to be the guy that uh, like like to be honest, Daryl Baker was against the Browns weeks and weeks ago. Here Tony it seems Brown like was against seems, uh, the Saints. Uh, against Saints, yeah. It seems, that seems like a long time ago, just because of uh, the. Say so much has happened play. since then. Exactly, it happened so fast. Uh, the Colts season, when when something that's a month <laughs> or month and a half ago can feel like two years ago. Um, more stuff from this week uh, with the Colts. Jeff Saturday popped up on the Pat McAfee show this week, talking about his uh, stint as interim head coach last year, and he's done this a couple times. Saturday has. Uh, he uh, he even said uh, at some point that uh, he he told Jim Irsay they're going to go zero and eight uh, with him as, as as head coach, and he was almost right. They went one and seven. So there's uh, no way they had that conversation because when we when they, at that intro press conference, yep. Jim Irsay was full bore. He was full yep. guns. Yep. And I only hire winning coaches and all. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem in, in that forum. Right. It's very entertaining, but it it's is. not not exactly uh, accurate <laughs> or probing when when, when you throw stuff out there. So it it'd be really interesting to have. This isn't shade on McAfee, but a real journalist interview someone to where you can where there's pushback yeah i, I just think you can't treat it as as real journalism. It, it's it's talk radio and that's Correct. fine that's it's, fine. it's a little different now, like we're, we're doing kind of talk radio a little bit right now that with the whole podcast format so it, it's yeah but 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 you're right it's not it's not the the in-depth it's not the uh you're not getting it, hard hitting probing yeah, yeah exactly change, I, had to, I had to change the culture and all that and it's not andrea kramer sitting down with jim ursay for uh for hbo real right. sports to be right. perfectly to, honest to when, a little you, know, you ask meaningful follow-ups right to get the real answers like jim you know what you're saying right here is not right. going to be taken to well. right and he said oh trust me i don't know but yeah so i just i just want people to understand you know it's always Consider the source. Consider mm -hmm. what you're looking at and reading, and it, it's more entertainment than it is probative value. Yeah, and, and this this interview with Pat McAfee, it, it was that he talked about some things I think that were obvious that the the culture was was not good last year with uh, with where they were. The offense was challenged. The needed to fix the offensive line. 
And uh, to to be fair to to Saturday, you can say that yeah, he could have done a, a some kind of job there, but it would have been um, very much dependent is the word I'm looking for on on who they hired as offensive line coach. And it seems like this staff hired a pretty good offensive line coach because Tony Sperano Jr. has them playing pretty well. So this it's year. night and day from last year mm-hmm. on, on on this unit and the same guys. Same, we we same talked team, about this all off season, all off season. That it was the same guys, and that was a, a very direct. Uh, view into what the Colts thought the problem was last year was the guy who was coaching these guys. They figured the new guy brought in would be the difference, and and he certainly has been a difference. Well, what's crazy? It's, it's the same guys with less continuity. They You're missed right. very few starts last year because of injury, and this year they've had, I think, it's six or seven different combinations. Bernard Ryman misses two games. Kelly's missed three. Braden's missed what now five if he doesn't play this week. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it's really amazing, and all the concerns there we've we've had about the swing tackle and ta- Blake Freeland's been a godsend. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's, he's he struggled early with playing left tackle against elite players, but he's not been a, an issue, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is which is a good thing for an offensive lineman, right? How about a, a fourth round pick, or was he? He was fourth was he round, right? Yeah. Or was fifth? Okay, yeah. I think he thought he was fourth. Yeah, getting in there and uh, and, and actually playing a meaningful yeah. role. And, and on they, they've team. gotten good play from Wesley French when he's had to fill in yeah. for Ryan Kelly. Absolutely. Will Fries has been pretty good as well. And so. Bernard Ryman is your mm-hmm. left tackle. Absolutely. Yeah, sure seems and, like it. And probably next year you're going to pay out the nose for it. Yep. You, you which, have which to. Is, which is a good thing. Yeah. That's a problem you want. Correct. You know, we've talked about that with, with Quiddy Pay and, and Ryman. Uh, we kind of gave our first look at that this past offseason as we were looking down the line, down the future, but will become even more of a issue for issues, not the right word, more uh, under the microscope, I guess, right. uh, this coming year. Uh, looking back to last week, the Colts, uh, winners again on the road, beat the Titans in overtime, 31-28, handing Tennessee their first home loss of the season. The Colts road warriors more uh, more true apparently five and two is that what they are one five and one five and one yeah uh, away from Lucas Oil Stadium this year it'd be nice to get some more home wins but nevertheless the road wins are are pretty nice um, it, it was a it was a wild game absolutely wild um, he, here in Indianapolis um, Debbie uh, Debbie Knox was having her go away party or because uh, it, people here in Central Indiana know. No Debbie, uh, who's been a fixture on, on Indianapolis television for 40 years, but she was having her go away like party at the same time um, a, as this game. So I was out there. I was watching the game inter- intermittently as I was celebrating her career here. But uh, but but it was every time I looked up at the TV, it was something insane so, was something. happening. Yes. And whether it was Alec Pierce. Uh, finally getting a couple ball deep balls thrown his way, whether it was the special teams. It seems like the special teams beats Tennessee like every year because they've had blocked punts against them in the past. They've had big plays. Yeah, EJ Speed had one. I think he might have even recovered it or uh, somebody did. Um, I can't remember who it was. was. He he either blocked it or I think he blocked it. He blocked it, yeah. But uh, and, and they fired their special teams. And they coach did the, the next very day. next day. So every, every anytime you could get an opposing coach fired, you probably had a pretty good day in, in that area. It that's no prob- disrespect. It was probably building. It was that. yes, exactly. But when you but when ooh. you have two two punts blocked, well, one blocked and one smothered for a for a fumble. Yeah, smothered is the right. And word. you miss an extra point that cost you the game. Yep. You know, so you got to hold somebody accountable. Here, here's what what you could take away from from that. If I'm Matt Gay this week, I'm going to my backup holder and going through everything with him. You know, like just okay, we need to make sure that if this happens, we're on the same page here. That if this happens, you turn it here, you turn it this way, and this is what I want. This is what I don't want. 
because like I, I felt for Ryan Tannehill in that situation. He comes in, he has to hold because I still thought it was a good hold. I thought it was a decent hold. Like the the laces weren't in, they weren't out. They weren't out. Right, they were like at two o'clock. I don't yeah. know what it was, but. Goodness gracious, make a kick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the kick's got to be made in that instance, and, and that would have been the winning kick. So we, we're, we're talking about something completely different this week if uh, if that happens differently. But uh, the, the special teams came up big. Alec Pierce came up big. Michael Pittman Jr. came up big. Um, there were a lot of things to, to like about that win, even though it was Six a, sacks again. Yeah, six sacks again. Even though it was one that went to overtime against a team that's, uh, what, four and seven, four and eight, or whatever the heck yeah, their record is now. right now. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I think there were, it, it's a road win against the division opponent. I think you still come out of that feeling pretty darn good uh, because of what you saw from your team, Chap, and from a couple players who you, who you want to have big roles down the stretch this year. We've probably talked about this. These guys are not going to make it easy over the last five games. It's not going to be like we've talked 30 to 10 in the fourth quarter. They're going to have to scratch and overcome, and whether it's a fumble by the quarterback inside the five, which is just unbelievably, unbelievably bad, or, or, or whatever. I Just the way this, thing, this team is structured, primarily offensively, it's not going to be easy. So you find a way, and, you know, you never have at the end of the season. They're going to say, they're not going to say how did you guys get to eleven and six. They're not. They don't care. Right. You know. So so find a way. That's the mode they're in. And like we'll get to, they're right there in the playoff hunt. They just are. And we all thought that the meaningful games they would be playing in December would be to get the quarterback experience. Well, no. Now it's to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's. As we talked about last week, getting in the playoffs now is important. Like that, that's is. a that's a culture builder to, to get in the playoffs, and and that was something that we just mentioned with uh, with Jeff Saturday and his evaluation of the team. Which you can knock Jeff Saturday's interim coaching record all you want, but you can't knock his evaluation of the team that the culture needed a reshape. And and if you can make the playoffs, if you can fight down the stretch to get in. And, and you mentioned the record, Chap, 11-6. and six. The funny thing is that's not a record that's out of the that, picture. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, the, for them right now. like They would have to go 4-1 and one down the stretch. There's five more games. Mm-hmm. That's yep, correct. It's doable. And it's very doable with the record that they have, the, the teams that they have to face down the stretch for sure. Um, so that begins with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, who are 6-6, six and six, fourth in the AFC North. Uh, they have lost three of their last four but did beat the Jaguars on Monday Night Football this pl- past week. Uh, started Joe Burrow out. Jake Browning had himself a day against the Jacksonville defense. Holy heck. Um, and uh, he's an undrafted free agent, for crying out loud. He played at Washington before Michael Penix Jr. was there, uh, if that's a name that rings a bell to you college football fans. But he threw for 354 yards and one touchdown, no interceptions against the Jaguars. Was very efficient with the ball, too. I don't know exactly how many incompletions he had, but it was like a handful. Yeah, it was it not was like many. like four or five, something along 27 or 32 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think so. Something ridiculous. And he averaged like almost 10 yards per completion. And, and it helps to have Jamar Chase it, throwing it does. the ball. They've and, got and a nice group of receivers yeah, that helps, for like sure. Chase is number one, obviously, but you go past him, and there's T. Higgins, there's Tyler Boyd, there's a lot of guys. There's Joe Mixon can catch it out of the backfield. They have a lot of guys who can do damage and they did against the Jaguars and the Jaguars had won like three four in a row or whatever it was they were like what were they like eight point favorites in that game or something according to Vegas and they ended up losing outright just because uh the 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 Bengals were efficient on offense they figured out how to attack that defense and uh Trevor Lawrence got hurt too uh and, oh, and Christian Kirk oh yeah and Christian Kirk got hurt as well um both those guys Kirk's I don't done think for the year isn't he? I, I, I had heard that he was going to have surgery. Some kind of a core surgery? Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. 
which hurts. Absolutely. Yes. He's not Calvin Ridley, but he's important for that offense, man, uh, to keep the chains moving. And he can he can catch like like he, he's not in the same vein as Michael Pittman Jr. in terms of a physical receiver, but he's the guy that can catch eight balls for 80 yards. And you get three of those are important first downs at some point throughout the game. And that's why they paid him a 70, whatever was million we, we dollars and got scoffed at. That's number that they gave him, and, but and, then yeah. it has paid off for them. So, so that. That could be a factor down the stretch. And we've kind of, the past few weeks, said kind of thrown the uh, the division out the window for the Colts. No. But if Trevor Lawrence can't play and if Christian Kirk can't play, then it's kind of back yeah, in the a, picture a three again. three-game losing streak from the Jaguars would put you in. Because that's that's the, the problem is, and, and Mike and I had talked about yeah. this before, since the Jaguars swept the Colts, it's right. essentially a three-game lead. So the right. Colts have to be one up on the standings. And, and you need to see what it does if there's a three-way tie right. with Houston, which is... Also possible? not impossible. Yes. possible. Very much possible. Uh, but but it, that's why I thought it was more important that the Bengals lose because uh, it, 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 it pretty much eliminates them from something else because I had pretty much given up the AFC South. But the thing with Trevor Lawrence, it, it muddies things up. It does. I think it, I think it helps right now Houston more than the Colts because Houston's in a better spot. Mm. Didn't, did Houston beat? They, they split. They've split, okay. Yeah. And, and they've got three division games left, too. Right. Well, doesn't Jacksonville have Tennessee twice, I think? I don't know. I, it, anyway, it, it, it's, I, I know that Houston has Tennessee twice. Maybe that's what I but But it's there for them. Uh, but, but the fact that there's a four-way tie for that, for the wild card, it's just, and you look at who, and you're going to play Pittsburgh, yep. probably without Pickett. Mm -hmm. So you got Mitchell Get Trubisky. Trubisky there. <laughs> so, but again, it, it's... And prior to, to Monday night, I kind of thought Cincinnati was going to be a game that you really, really should win. Mm -hmm. And then Browning goes out there and has a all-pro day. Yep. But it, it, it's going to come back to can, can these guys find – again, I'm stuck on find a way. Can, can they do what it takes and make those three or four plays? And to this point during this stretch, they've done that. And starts with the Bengals this weekend. Offensively, Bengals 20th in the NFL, averaging just 20.5 points per game. They have not been the offensive juggernaut we thought they would be in the offseason because Joe Burrow was injured at the start of the year and kind of worked his way back and then got injured again. So they've been trying to find themselves offensively, although, as we mentioned, they still have weapons and they still can explode from time to time. You just try to prevent yourself from being the team that gives it up. They have not been consistent in scoring this year. The Colts still top 10. Hanging in there, eighth in the league in Go scoring. Figure. I know, in 25 points per game. And after those two back-to-back -back with the Patriots and the Panthers, we were, at the time, saying that it's it's not likely they're going to finish top 10. We said that on this podcast. I mean, I was, we were talking with other people in the, who cover the team in the locker room thinking the same thing. But but they have, and I think, uh, Chap, you'll, you'd point to Shane Steichen's influence over the past couple games to turn the things around and figuring out something that works uh, coming out of the bye week. They've certainly been a much better offensive football team. Yeah, we were talking, and our buddy Joel uh, Erickson at the Star, I think he wrote about it today, about how they've gotten to be a top 10 offense mm -hmm. without your quarterback. Without Jonathan Taylor basically has missed six games. I mean, I include the one game he came back when he didn't do much. So, and with the injuries in the offensive line, it's really amazing how they've done. It does not make sense. <laughs> There's supposed to be reason behind why you you are what you've done. Over, we're talking 12 games. This is not like a, a small snapshot. So, it's really, as we've talked, you know, Shane Steichen's not going to be coach of the year. But doggone it, at least mention him in the discussion. The only guy that might have done 
more with less is Stefanski, maybe, but he's got a all-world defense. Right. So I just think it's you know kudos to him so far. You've got you've got to close, but to do what they've done with a quarterback that we we criticize more than praise, mm-hmm. and a running game that it's not really numbers wise. I don't think it, it's it's been sort of okay, but the eye test it doesn't pass it. So I think kudos to the staff, all the staff. Yep, and uh, through. Here in week 13, they've already uh, beaten what Vegas thought they would do this year. They they, have, they got their seventh win this past week. So if you bet on the over, six and a half. I think I went with my stepdaughter and we took the under, so I think I owe her some money. Well, there you go. Congrats to her. I know. Darn it, chap. What are you, uh, you, you uh, just uh, skeptical? Well, she, she, she was in Vegas and she said, hey, it's uh, it's six and a half and you know what you're doing. And I said, eh. I said, let's put 50 on the under. So her and I lost have lost 25 yeah. each and the Colts were uh, second to last in the NFL in terms of that that number they were tied with a couple other teams but uh, I think Arizona was the worst they had a four and a half number something like that but uh, it, again it goes to uh, you credit starts it's got to start with the coaching staff and, and what they've done to uh, to take this team that was not expected to do anything and then you lose your rookie quarterback and uh, is already right now seven and five and in that in that final playoff spot as we stand passing yards Bengals are 17th in the league 225 yards per game Colts 16th so they're right there 226 yards per game right around that range rushing yards Bengals dead last in the NFL right now Joe Mixon unbelievable yep it really is they have not been able to figure things out 82 yards per game 3.9 yards per rush the Colts all the way up in 12th in the league, 115.8 yards per game, 4.1 yards per rush. So, hey, this is a good game to get Grover Stewart back, to, to just just grind them Close into the, the door. Because, because you know Mixon can, right. can do, do it. it. He can take over a game. You say, not in this game. Uh-uh. Right. Like, you want them to be completely one-sided there and to be able to tee off uh, and have and that pass Jake rush Browning go. And make Jake do it again. Exactly. Like, like you, you, you recognize what Jake Browning did. 100%. That was a great game. Like maybe, you said, Maybe it was Jeff, good that he pro. did that because he got your attention. Yes. Like, you, you want to you want to put it on him to do it again. You don't want to just say, well, we're going to go for the pass and, and see if this 32nd ranked rush offense can, right. can beat us. I don't think that's that would be the strategy. You, you want to bottle up Joe Mixon there and, and force Jake Browning to, to beat you uh, in this game in spite of those offensive rankings. Um, let's see. What's next? Uh, big plays. Uh, the Bengals have 34 big plays this year, 29 passes, five rushes. Colts have 45 themselves. If I had told you preseason that the Colts would have 10 more, Matt, uh, big plays than the Bengals uh, at this point in the year, you would have told me what? I would have kicked you off this podcast, <laughs> Dave. Dave, you're done. <laughs> you're done. We're, you're done. What are you smoking? We've overserved you. Exactly. <laughs> hard hard, uh, hard no, but but here we are at this point of the year, and that that is the case. Uh, points allowed on defense. The Bengals are 22nd in the league, allowing 22.8 points per game. Colts still down there in 27th, 24.7 points per game. Yeah, they're still paying for that three games where they gave up 37. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and they also just gave up 28 anyway to the to the yep. Titans. Yep. There's been some games here where they're still giving up 24, 28. It, it's hard to work that number down once you've given up some this of those big numbers. Season, yes, yes. Like, it, it's hard to – you have to get a couple in a row where it's like 9, 6, 13. Right. And, and like you said earlier, Chap, it doesn't seem like that's – 
kind of the the mo it's going to be some more closer games some some ones where you battle it out and they've they've been the colts have been gritty and have done that they have been a mentally tough team in these scenarios and winning these close games but it's probably going to have to continue that way as much as we say hey the rush defense might be better and say hey the pass rush defense has been pretty good lately other teams are still finding ways to put right. up some points it's just they're making the plays in crunch time to win these games so well and, and, and they, you know there's always a but whenever these guys win. It, it came with Derrick Henry out with a concussion. If he doesn't miss the last, the bulk of the fourth quarter in overtime, you know, maybe, but but that's, that's you play with the hand you're dealt, and that, that's what the Colts are doing. That's another play I saw just randomly as I was looking up at the, uh, the going away party. I saw Zaire Franklin clock Derrick Henry and him fall down kind of limp. I was like, uh-oh, he's done for the day. And uh, that, 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 unfortunately for the Titans, proved uh, to be correct. Um, let's see. Total defensive yards. The Bengals are dead last in the NFL. I'm stunned Giving up that. 338 yards, 388, rather, excuse me, yards per game. Colts still 26, not so hot, at 355 yards per game. The worst defense in the league in terms of yards uh, given up. So, uh, hey, even if they give up some yards, uh, you figure Matt Gay will get some chances in this game, if, uh, if nothing else, and, and hopefully not, not as many, you know, uh, that you can finish some of those drives. Pass defense, Bengals 27th in the league. Rush defense, they're also 27th in the league. So they're not really particularly good at either of them. You can attack them both ways, it appears. Uh, 254 yards passing given up per game, 134 yards given up on the grain, on the ground, and averaging 4.8 yards per carry. Yeah. That's a chunk. That's a big number. Yeah, and if you can get Zach Moss to attack that, because uh, I don't think this is still no, no Jonathan Taylor at practice this week, and he won't be back yet. He's back at practice, but he's watching. Right. Uh, after his uh, thumb surgery. So uh, that's, a, that's a Zach Moss joint. Uh, as they say, Colts 17th in pass defense in the league, and they've fallen down to 26th in the league in uh, in rush defense without Grover Stewart. I think they were up at 19th or something like that before he left. Right, right before had, he, he left. Had a yep. couple of those games that, as you guys said, had been falling out a little bit, but uh, really kind of hit the bottom of the barrel uh, once he was gone. So um, they are... They are right in that range. It should, should be between 17th and 20th in, in both, of those, uh, both of those avenues right now um, if they have Grover Stewart. Uh, turnovers. Bengals are one of the best teams in the league in, in turnover margin. They're a plus-nine squad. They have 19 takeaways and just 10 turnovers. They don't that's how the you overcome away. being yep. unable that's to stop ex- people. That's yep. exactly what I thought because I, yep. I looked at their offensive rankings and their defensive rankings. I'm like, how are these guys 6-6? Six and six? And I, I know Burrow's not been in there. There you go. Plus nine on the turnovers. Right. That, that's yep. a big number. Colts are plus two. It's always good to be in plus territory with 20 takeaways, 18 turnovers. <laughs> but you'd rather not have 18 turnovers. Yeah, you would. Yeah. because And again, last week, okay, yeah, they forced two, but they also had two. So right. it's been like that the last couple of weeks. A plus one, you know, or they'd be a plus one or they'd be a plus zero because mm-hmm. they've had the same amount right. as their, their opponent. And still could be obviously a factor. It's a factor in every game, but could be a key factor uh, this weekend. Uh, on offense, uh, we've, we've talked a bit about the, uh, the Bengals offense and Jake Browning being the guy. Um, he does not carry the ball too much, but he does sometimes has 10 carries for 70 yards. So he's been efficient, had uh, two carries for 22 yards against Jacksonville. So if you let him go, he will go. Um, but that's not, not his uh, strength excuse me, by any stretch. It's kind of more like Joe Burrow. He, it's not his strength, but but he could go and he Every could Every once run. in a while, you know, when you need to pick up a third and five or right. something, then right. he, and he, he gets And he did loose. that against uh, Jacksonville. Yes. In the, near the end. I mean, he got loose and he just kept running because they didn't, they didn't get him down. But those are the guys that just frustrate you because that's not what they do. But And you let them hurt you, 
it just extends play uh, extends drives. Joe Mixon, 689 yards rushing on the year, 3.8 yards per carry, six touchdowns, another touchdown receiving with 39 catches and 281 yards through the air. Uh, Jamar Chase is the uh, the most dangerous player. Uh, on the team. He's not Tyreek Hill, but doggone, he's not far behind. Exactly. Either. Arguably uh, right behind Tyreek in terms of most dangerous players, certainly in the AFC, um, in terms of uh, those outside threats. Um, 86 catches this year, 1,063 yards, seven touchdowns, has 11 catches of 20-plus yards. So he's basically getting a 20-yard-plus catch every game. And he's had a couple games where that was not the case, when they were really struggling. Uh, so he's had multiple of those games where he could, where he just finds ways to to get uh, to get open downfield. So to stop that, pass rushers got to get rush. to Brown exactly. And it's like I, you can't rely on your secondary to guard for three seconds, four seconds consistently in this game. Can't do it because the Bengals have guys that will beat you. And it's not just Jamar Chase. It's Tyler Boyd, 55 catches for 499 yards, two touchdowns. It's T. Higgins, 30 catches for 364 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, their tight end, Tanner Hudson, has 26 catches for 228 yards. But you look you look at that whole battery, and there's a lot of names that scare you. I mean, but obviously Jamar Chase is number one. But but any one of those guys, I wouldn't be surprised if there's three or four seconds you give Jake Browning in the pocket and he chucks it deep. Any one of them could be back there long. And we kind of talked about this a bit last week, that the Titans had a couple players who had some good deep threat. There were multiple guys who had had some of these long, big plays for them this season. Bengals another one of those teams. It doesn't matter if it's the right side of the field, the left side of the field. Anybody could break it deep on any play. and That, that makes it more difficult to defend that you have multiple guys um, that are threats to go deep. It's unlike the Colts. They've used Michael Pittman more in the shorter role. Alex he's Pierce he's got been, as many catches as uh, Chase does. He does. Age of six mm-hmm. uh, But uh, but uh, J- Jamar Chase has a, f- a few more yards. A couple hundred uh, yards. Than him, exactly. Um, Alec Pierce has been the Colts' deep threat uh, whenever the rare times they have gone deep. It, it, it's different that the Bengals can use a bunch of different guys to right. hit you and deep. And they, they can do it all the time. Yep. So, and, and with the Colts, uh, we've seen them. They've got to get the right coverage, get the right play in, and, and kind of schematically get something drawn up. And when you got a chase, you just sort of say, you know, get open. Yeah, yeah, go. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll find we'll, you. We'll throw it to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even if he's not open, uh, he's open, you know. Uh, give him a chance there against – uh, against Daryl Baker Jr., against Jalen Jones. You, you you like that matchup if you're the Bengals uh, against either of them, uh, wherever he is on the field, if there's one-on-one coverage for sure. Um, on defense, leading tackler for the Bengals, linebacker Logan Wilson has 97 tackles, and a fellow linebacker Jermaine Pratt has 89. Safety Dax Hill with 80, so there's a good good mix of guys up there with quite a few tackles. Um, they're getting a production from, from quite a few players. Uh, on defense, Trey Hendrickson can get after the quarterback. He has 11 and a half sacks this year. So you've got to be sure you know where he is. Um, I know Braden Smith was out on Wednesday this week, was uh, uh, deemed uh, a did not participate. I don't think he's there today. Right. Okay. So there's another uh, player to watch this weekend, and it could be a uh, another Blake Freeland uh, effort at right tackle uh, this week, which we've said is not the end of the world. But it's also uh, not ideal. It's not Braden Smith. Exactly. Uh, there's a reason you paid Braden Smith $19 million a year. And there's a reason that uh, Blake Freeland fell down to the fourth round uh, in, in the draft. Has he been more solid, I think, than I anticipated? Yes. Do you want Trey Hendrickson going against him for 65 snaps on Sunday? He only has to win three. Exactly. And, and he's the best player on the field. Like that's we, We've talked about that before. Absolutely crazy. But that's the mindset you have to have as an offensive tackle that – 
that that's unacceptable. That right. uh, that Three w- winning ninety eight percent is is unacceptable because you're going to lose games if right. you are a ninety eight percent successful that's offensive tackle. It is, but it's true. It is. It is. And like I said, that's just the mindset that that they have to have. It's uh, it's it's unique. Um, let's see here. Where are we? Sam Hubbard five sacks. B.J. Hill four sacks as well for the Bengals defense. Uh, the Colts are seventh in the playoff picture right now. They have five games remaining. Uh, we said after Cincinnati, they face the Steelers, who will likely have Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. That's, that's a Saturday night game, right? That's a Saturday, Saturday 4 afternoon. o'clock Saturday game, right. which is going to be a heck of a day in Indianapolis sports. I saw that. Go ahead. You have the Colts there at 4 o'clock. At the exact same time over at uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse, you have the Purdue Boilermakers tipping off against the Arizona Wildcats oh, wow. in what's going to be a top five matchup in college basketball. And earlier in the day, actually at, at Gamebridge, it's uh, Ball State and Indiana State. Chirp, chirp. Uh, exactly. And Indiana State has had a so really they, strong start to the season. They've played really well. So has Ball State. They're 7-2. and two, two. They've struggled. Not struggled to that point, but they haven't been dominant. Indiana State has looked really, really good. good. So, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be that's going to be an intriguing game at the Fieldhouse um, and, and, and all that. So it's going to be it's going to be a great day of sports downtown, man. Um, and it's going to keep us uh, busy and on our toes for sure, uh, going uh, here, there, and everywhere, uh, wherever we have to to, to wind up uh, at, at any given time to, to cover it and to bring you a uh, solid coverage on that's Fox 59. That's why we've got a good, a good depth. That, that's why our, the, the depth of our staff yes. will help. Yes, darn right. Uh, and, and we'll uh, bring that to you uh, on air and online December 16th um, as the Colts face another one of these teams excuse me that uh, are that are in the the hunt for those final that are playoff no better spots off, that are no better right. off than what the Colts are exactly and, and you could argue and I would argue the Colts are in a better position like I mentioned kind of near the top of the show that things are breaking their way uh, for for once in, in a blue moon things are going the Colts way that uh, they're facing Jake Browning with the Bengals they're facing Mitchell Trubisky with the Steelers they're facing other teams uh, down the stretch uh, like the Texans they've beaten before the Raiders have uh, they've been playing Aiden O'Connell uh, all year uh, respect to Aiden O'Connell but nevertheless it's not uh, it's not a like they were facing last year with quarterback after quarterback down the stretch it was Dak Prescott it was Kirk Cousins it was uh, all these uh, other elite quarterbacks that right. you had to face um, that was a story last year Th- this year it's not that it's the opposite of that and they've been so, able to take so, advantage and people say well look who they're playing with this is who they're playing. Exactly. So you're playing. There's, there's no. There's no. So there's nothing wrong with that. There. No one's ever going to, to apologize for that. But but at the same time, when you when you're presented this path to the playoffs, take advantage of it, because I think what you what we've talked about and what you made a good point of, this is culture building. You know, yes, the number one priority we talked ad nauseum was to get the quarterback experience. Well, that didn't happen. But the, the most important thing in, in building culture environment is positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. This, this is, okay, this, so this is why we do this. Uh, and, and so it, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, every win's going to hurt their draft positioning. That's gone. That, 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 that narrative is now. out the window. Yep. Now this is about, I, I don't care if this team, I don't believe they are built for a deep playoff run. I don't care. Just get in and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, and and take that later draft pick that Chris Ballard will trade for three second round picks. And uh, and, and oh, I, I think he's going to trade up and get Marvin Jr. He'll yeah, tra- let's go. To like, he'll trade for like four. Let's go. Would that be the most un Chris Ballard move? It would be yes. 
That would be I I, I would mandated from the front office or, uh, or from, from the owner's box yes. if that well, happens. J just a rabbit hole to go down. I, I saw a posting today that that the NIL people in in Columbus are c trying to come up with a number to keep Marvin Jr. Good luck with that in Columbus. If he if he's a top five pick next year, it's four years, forty million. With the fifth-year option, it's probably going to be 25, 25 or 30. It could be 30 by then. But the most important thing to these players is come to the NFL and you're a year closer to your second contract. Exactly. That's So NIL money is great and all that stuff. Right. If Marvin stays to this year, I'd be surprised if Marvin plays in the bowl game. Yeah. Where they, are they in the Cotton Bowl? I'm not sure. Where, I, I don't I, know. I don't, whatever. You just you don't risk it. Mm -hmm. you, you, you just don't risk it. So. But yeah, this the NIL is crazy. It's another rabbit hole. Yeah. But but it's 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 just tells you how the focus uh, changes from from time to time. But again, mm -hmm. like we talked with the Colts, every win hurts their playoff spot. Doesn't matter. Too bad. Yeah, uh, they're they're in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, Cotton Bowl versus Missouri. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Ohio State. You would think would win that game. It depends on who who's in and who's out, of course, and in all those bowls except for the college football playoff. Those four, which. That's that. That's a whole nother uh, ball of wax that we don't have to get into. That that we won't here on the uh, Colts Blue Zone podcast. The only one I remember is the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl yes. with the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Let's go, and, uh, Oregon State Beavers. Uh huh. There's uh, the, the Syracuse <laughs> I know is in the uh, roofing like roofclaims.com Boca Raton Bowl or something like that. I love it, man. I love all the names. It's fantastic. It, it is so. Much I think fun. it's hilarious. But uh, anyway, uh, practice reports from this week. Uh, the Colts did not practice Juju Brents, Braden Smith, or EJ Speed in Wednesday's walkthrough um, and so we'll uh, did, did, has anybody looked on Twitter to see uh, what our fine friends out there have said chap our fine friend Brett Bensley uh, Juju Brents has returned to practice hey let's oh, go wow hey Juju I, I, I can't imagine him playing Sunday just Boy, because be he's tough. missed so much time yeah, exactly uh, JT's at practice but he's watching and not practicing right. Zach Moss is not practicing oh that's mm. fun mm. Uh, and then Braden Smith is not there EJ Speed is not there Somebody else had something. James Boyd, Grover Stewart's practicing. Good. So, but but Braden Smith and uh, and Juju are, and Juju. I just, yeah. I mean, I, I just can't imagine him being well, out Juju. for five or six weeks and then playing. Yeah. But All we'll of a sudden, see. yeah, you practice on Thursday and that what's always a lighter Friday, and then you play for for him. I think that would be tough. Maybe if it's Stephon Gilmore last well, year, like, but I don't know about Juju. Gro Grover Stewart's missed seven weeks, six games in the bye, and I asked him. I said. Do you lose your football shape? Because Zach Moss said you do lose football shape. Now maybe it's right. running back and and defensive tackle, tackle. is different. Grover said, "No, I'm fine." I said, "So no pitch count." He said, "All day." I'm out there. Also, he'll play. Seven. I do love Grover. He's great. I do. I, I, I he he was so good to talk to Wednesday. He wouldn't get into what went into the suspension. He took something he shouldn't have taken. Right. I mean, the league just didn't throw darts, and we forgot to mention news of the, of the week. Al Qaeda Muhammad was suspended right. for, for six games for PEDs. He was on the practice squad, mm -hmm. which I tell you, we talked about the pass rush. The fact that Muhammad cannot get on the active roster tells you where this pass rush is. Because for he started like 28 games right. for these guys. And yep. a lot of times he was a strong rotational player. Yep. So, so but uh, Grover is just, he, he it really crushed him. Uh, to 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 have to be suspended because it's out there for everybody to see and it's it's you know it's on you. But I just think he means so much to this team beyond being a very very near Pro Bowl level player. 
what he means to the locker room, the teammates is immense. I hope he has an influence on the field. Mm -hmm. Likewise. And you hope he makes an impact down the stretch and then gets a new contract in the offseason because he'll be up for it. Is he like 30? I think he's 30. Yep. And And, he's he's already got one. Get a second one. You get a third contract. That's awesome. Right. We talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. You talked about getting a second one. To get a a second free agent contract is amazing. Yeah. And we talked about that with Jack Doyle, going from undrafted free agent to getting three or four NFL contracts and uh, just being – uh, that fortunate and, it, and like fortunate's not the complete right word because he was good enough. It's not. It's not all just they fortunate didn't give luck. Him the money, you know exactly. It. Yeah, it, it was quality. It was skill. And, and and with Grover, it's the same thing. What was Grover? Fourth round pick. In Fourth or fifth out of Albany yeah. State right. there in right. Georgia, a D two player. It's amazing how this team. I'm sure every team has this, but how they've gotten so much value from mid to mm-hmm. late picks. I mean, yep. Zaire Franklin. Yep. You know, uh, Matthew Adams got four years here, mm-hmm. so it's and got really, a contract in uh, in Chicago right. afterward. Yep. So good, good for those guys. And and uh, but but Grover's a guy. You know, yes, he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much out there that, but at the same time, not in his defense, it, it it's totally available on what you can and can't take. Right. You go to the NFLPA website, it's got all the banned substances. Mm-hmm. So there's no there's no excuse. Right. Other than being lazy, I guess. I don't know, to not check out what you're ingesting. Like, yeah, there, there's so many new products and it, it, that are coming out continuously that have banned substances in them. And, and you say banned substances, like I could go buy it and take it right now. They're not illegal substances. But for the NFL, they are banned substances because they have deemed them performance enhancing right. or masking or agents masking. that mm-hmm. can mask in a drug test the presence of actual performance enhancing drugs. So uh, you, you say that... Like, it, there, there's two sides to this coin, obviously two sides, that both have to be true at the same time. One is Grover uh, is looking for the best um, advantage that he can have because he's a professional athlete. That is his job, nutritionally. He's looking for the best possible advantage to be the best possible player he can be and to find to, trying to find supplements that can help him do that. And two... You just can't take substances that that are that are sketchy, and there are people there are resources to help you with this. Like if you you have members or people on the team, nutritionists on the team that can help you with this. Like if you if Grover said, "Hey, I want to try this new substance," can someone can say, someone look at this for me right. to make sure? Like there are people there who will absolutely tell him that's yes wh- or no. That's why there's. There's no real excuse right. for doing it. Right. Like you do it and you're it, like you said, it's 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 an ounce of lazy or maybe a pound of laziness to just find it and take it immediately because you don't need it this second. Like you say, hey, well, can I take this? Sure. OK, if you don't take it, I don't know, like have another protein shake that that, that you know is, is acceptable and, and, and then move on and try to take this substance next week. So um, so so I understand what he's doing is trying to be the best player he can be. But you also have to understand that there are so many ways that he th- this could have been avoided. So, um, so, so you move on. Like now, it's in the past. Like you move on. And that's what he said. I, I'm, it's in the past. I'm moving forward. And I think we should too. Like after this, it, it's not a deal. But he, but he, for this week, it's a deal that we can actually break down and, and and explain a little bit of what happened and why it happened, why it shouldn't happen. I think WIBC is Kevin Bowen asking him about you know do you, do you know what it was? Well, it, it, yes, he does. I mean, right. he, he knows, but he he want, didn't want to get into it, and that's fine. Uh, but you have to ask. But it's you just okay. It was it was dumb. Mm-hmm. 
dumb, lazy, whatever you want to say, but you move on, and, and, and that's what he's done, and that's what the team has to do. And this could be as simple as, like, go, going home from, from practice and feeling tired and, and buying an energy drink that, that has something in it that has— It was a different brand that you've taken. And exactly. Oops. Yeah, and, and, and dadgummit, I wasn't paying attention. So um, it, it, could, it could be that, that simple. I, I have a hard time believing these players at this level would knowingly— do that right i, I, I agree I, it, because there's too many guards that, that are going to catch you so it, it's but again ignorance is no, it, it's simply no defense i mean you, you say that but but then guys like um like in, in a different context i mean guys like um isaiah rogers still bet in the like you you would think that like you would think that they I know, know that right. there, there are right. so many things in, in context that that why would you gamble why would you take peds yet guys still do like and guys still would uh, take performance enhancing drugs. But you're drugs. just tested, randomly tested. I know. Now, I know. who was it? Was it Jonathan Taylor said he, he posted that he he had his big game when he broke his thumb. Yeah. And he said, well, you know, I've got my, you know, I, I'm getting my, I'm getting tested today. It seems like every time a player has a good game, you get tested I randomly. St- I still remember in Houston one year, Ty Hilton going off, you know, having one of his vintage Houston games. And him, like, having to wait for him at his locker because he was randomly tested after this game. And it took a time. And it to took get... a while to get the test done. Because he's out of fluids. Exactly. They're all gone. <laughs> he had to find a way to make this test work. And he did, to his credit. And to his credit, spoke with us, as everybody, I'm sure, wants to leave. But all the Colts PR staff, they knew that we needed to talk to T.Y., obviously. It was, it was just a, a frustrating situation that they want to go. T.Y. has to do this. He has to talk to the media for at least a couple minutes here. But, but man, that, it, it's and unforgiving, he like you said. Until you can give him a specimen. Exactly. It's, it's tough to, it. to do on demand when you've got no fluids to give. Exactly. Sometimes it's tough to do on demand anyway, yeah, yes, crying out loud. Uh, but if you have no fluids after running around and... I can't give you what I ain't got. Exactly. Over and through the Texan secondary for the past three hours <laughs> for crying out loud. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, fun story there. Uh, the Colts take on the Bengals in Cincinnati on Sunday. Bengals injury report, by the way, our halfback uh, Chase Brown hamstring uh, offensive tackle Jonah Williams with a back injury were limited on Wednesday. Now we get to this weekend. Colts Bengals 1 p.m. kickoff airs on CBS 4 right here in the central Indiana market. Um, two teams vying for one of those final playoff spots. I'm going to look up real quick uh, what the line is for this game, this week's game. It's probably about even, isn't it? I would imagine it's probably pretty close hang on Colts Bengals line hooray for Google let's go Cincinnati Bengals predictions odds you could have done this beforehand I know I'm just lazy yeah, like so, that, so could know? I I always I forget every week because I love this part and, of the and show I, yeah, and yeah. I don't because I figure one of you guys would do it the Bengals are actually one point favorites on their home field so mm-hmm. they have that just the home field advantage kind of was what the separation is according to Vegas the over under 44 so we're expecting a 22-21 you know 23-22 type ball game uh, at that actually the money line both teams are minus 110 on the money line. So, so the, it's as, as close to a pick, it's a pick yeah. as possible, but they, they gave the Bengals the, the one point advantage right now. Um, I'll, I'll go first, then, then Matt and Chap. Um, I, I think at some point the Colts' road fortunes have to like find find their level. They, they've been they've been getting like crazy wins like last week. I think just a little too much. I think I think this is a water finds its level game. This is a re- regress to the mean. I think the Colts are better than average on the road. 
but then they've proven that i think they've they've shown their grit their tenacity to to go on the road in tough environments and win close games but i don't think you can keep doing that i, I think at some point at some point something catches up to you it just seems like the bengals have the players to make you pay that they're going to catch up to you whether it's trey hendrickson with a key sack jamar chase with a key touchdown uh at, at the right time um do i think the colts can win this game absolutely but i just think that the bengals are able to eke this one out um uh, they get some momentum uh from last week as well some confidence from last week in their backup quarterback so they have some uh some confidence on their side i'm gonna go 24 23 i'm gonna i think that's a pretty good uh, right around that range final score for the bengals it, it, it's a tight game but one that the colts can't quite finish at the end matt what do you think i'm gonna go uh, I, I was you know I, I was bearish on the bulls la- or on the the uh, <laughs> the Colts last week. On the I, I didn't think that they would uh, be able to pull that one out on the road. Uh, I, I'm going to go and go ahead and go with the Colts this week, 28 to 24, as right. long as they take care of the ball. All right, chat. I'm in the I'm in the save get mode on my computer. I, I've, I've said 23 20 the last two weeks. Good guys, find a way. I, I'm still there. I agree with you that at some point some breaks won't go their way, but I want to see the quarterback do it again. I, I just do. Yep. Uh, that makes so, a lot of sense. So many times, and I can't come up to all, all of them in my head right now, but so many times a guy has that great game, and but then you see why he hadn't done it before that. Right. So, but, but that doesn't mean these guys can go out there and have three turnovers. I think they find a way because it's just a great story. And But if they lose, that, that wild card spot – is going to get even more crazy. See, it's already mm-hmm. muddled. As it's it already is. so. But but win this one, and I think there's like a thirty percent right now. They've got there's a sixty five percent chance of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, according to the Times, uh, New York thing, Times yeah. uh, playoff simulator. And if they lose this, and it 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 differentiates by like thirty percent. Yeah, it's a whatever. thirty. It's a thirty percent. But that, that, but that's what it'll be, and then it'll, it'll change next week. I, I think they find a way. Because while things have gone their way, they've not really done anything. Well, they blocked two punts, so I shouldn't say that, that they've done things extraordinary. But offense and defense, they really haven't done things that they shouldn't be doing, that they couldn't be doing. They've not run the ball well enough. I think they find a way. 23-20. All right, 23-20 says Chap. We will find out on Sunday. Colts-Bengals, big game in terms of the rest of the season, the wild card hunt, and either uh, taking more of a – more of a hold and, on and it. Where are, the, where are the orange and black helmets, which I'm sure they will? I hope do, so. Do you like so the too. white and black helmets? And it, it's no. okay on occasion. I just I think the Bengals have such a great helmet that they should mm-hmm. always wear that helmet. The Smash yeah. Pumpkin. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I, I, I like it too. Um, so we do appreciate you all listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast. You can read Mike Chappell's work online, fox59.com, cbs4indy.com throughout the week. Also follow us together on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for news and notes, including practice reports, injury reports, all that stuff. Uh, Mike Chappell is at mchappell51. Matt Adams is at statamatty. I'm Dave Griffiths at Dave G underscore sports. We appreciate you listening. We'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. 